Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Through encounters with a mother sow, that would be Gunda, two ingenious cows and a steen-sealing one-legged chicken, Victor Kosakowski movingly recalibrates our moral universe, reminding us of the inherent value of life and the mystery of all animal consciousness, including our own. The film is called Gunda, and we're joined today by the director, Victor Kosakowski. Victor, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for your introduction. Even Cervantes wouldn't say better, actually. <laughs> you exactly describe what is my film about. Well, thank you. Well, is Gunda a given name? Yeah, this is how we uh, this is how we found her. She already had her name Gunda. Okay. So and we came when we came. She came to me first. People always say, "How did you find her?" But in fact, she found me herself. So I came to the farm, and I, we came to the farm, and from many pigs around, she saw me and she immediately came to me in the first minute so so and she looked at me so friendly and so it was and i asked who is she and she the, the owner of the farm said she's gunda and so it was clearly we are we are friends and and i said to producer we have meryl, meryl strip we don't need to search more she's here she chose us she came to us look how she is friendly so period it was easy 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 I do believe that to be true for myself as well. I have had um, my best friends in life have been cats and dogs, and they have found me in, in almost all cases. So something I, I understand very well. I understand also that this is, was a project that you've wanted to do for a long time, but because of the marketplace, because of what, what how would you explain why it wasn't able to happen and now it is? I guess people were not ready. I guess people were not ready to face it. People did not, people did not notice it before. People, for the last hundred years, we make four times population, and we did not notice it because we were so busy of killing each other by dozen millions each country, like each continent, right? In my country, fifty million people died last century by by killing each other, like. Just civil war and uh, and Stalin Gulag and all and war with Germany and so we were so busy we did not notice but same very time anyway even we kill each other population is growing very rapidly and from two billion we became almost eight billion we did not notice that for hundred years hundred years ago only ten percent people were living in cities and most of them we were living in countryside. And now over 50% lives living in cities. We did not notice that 100 years ago, people were eating meat only once a week. And now people are eating meat every day. So all these changes happen mostly, and we did not notice that three of them together, all these three changes came to us, and suddenly we realized, for example, in 2020, we killed almost 1.5 billion pigs. 
66 billion chicken. 66 billion chicken. Come on. And just these numbers are just 400 million cows plus goats plus sheep plus donkey or ducks plus rabbits plus trillion fish. Imagine, imagine what happened. So we, we did not notice what happened to us. We did not notice that we became natural killers, you know, like natural predators. Even we are not predators. We don't have this signs of predator. We don't have big nails or big teeth. And God did not create barbecue for us, you know. We did it. We did it. So it happens mostly, and people did not pay attention for it. But now, when when nature gave us signs about climate change and about even even this COVID, nature gave us a sign. Hey, hey I'm warning you guys. You, I'm warning you. You are not alone here. There are viruses, for example. There are warm temperature, and so we suddenly realize, oh, 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 what we are doing. What we are doing is amazing, like amazingly wrong. I, I don't know yeah. how to put it correctly in English. But well, what you're describing, Victor, is our relationship to nature, right? And nature keeps telling us things, as you just described, and we're not listening, right? Uh, it wasn't that long ago that, and nature has, has had a, a history of eliminating the top of the food chain when it becomes an inconvenience for the natural order in terms of that. And what you described over the last 100, 150 years or so is our relationship to nature has changed. And is that a matter of a moral failure or is there our relationship changed because we became uh, disconnected? We became consumers of nature as opposed to someone involved in being a part of nature? Ah, this is a very important question. Let's let's look back. Let's look back like let's say two and a half thousand years. Let, let's look to Greek, to the mother of our culture, at least European and American culture. You remember this sentence from there? Man, the man is the measure of everything. It came from there. Same very time, more or less same very time, because no one can say exactly when Bible was written, you open the first page of Bible and you see God made in the first day light and darkness, then earth and water and plants and animals. And in day five, God made human to rule all of this. Why man supposed to rule all of this? Right. And what, what for me is difficult. I don't understand people reading this thousand page Bible. And they don't notice mistake in the page number one. So if you may, if you notice mistake in the page number one, it's quite difficult to follow and not put in question the rest of it. Because yeah. from the beginning, from the basic, from the from the ground, it's wrong start. We are not here to rule all of this. We are here to to be in harmony with all of this, to be to be together with all of this, not to dominate, not to destroy, not to accommodate for us. Part of what I was saying was when uh, in America, 150 years ago, we were an agrarian society. So as you were describing, they ate meat once a week. They had this relationship with the animals that they lived with. But then once we started industrializing 
that yes. production of food, we became very disconnected from it. You described we now eat meat every day, sometimes three times a day, with no connection at all to what we're eating. Other exactly. Than when I was making my previous films, I was traveling a lot, and I was meeting very many indigenous people in many different parts of the planet. And every time I notice that if they forced to kill animal, they say sorry to animal. And then before they eat animal, they say thank you to animal. So in the first place, I said, what they saying thank you. But then I look properly and they, it make really sense. They, if you remember the short story called The Old Man and the Sea, if you remember the story, so the guy, the old man is on the sea is trying to catch the big fish. And he's talking to big fish. Yeah. And you remember his speech. He say, big fish, I respect you. I like you. Forgive me, but I will kill you. Maybe you will kill me. This is the relationship, you know. This is the relationship. And now we don't even know the food is appears like from the tree on our plate. We don't know how it was killed. What, what is, was the name of this pig? What is the... So it used to be people were growing this cow. They knew the name of the cow. They loved that cow. They were taking care of their cow. And they, by time to come, they killed it, and, but they respected. And yeah. now we don't know where it's come from. It just appeared in the plate. No name, no relationship with us. And we, paid, we lost attention to this. We lost yeah. control. Makes Gunda such an amazing film to, to watch is to be able to look into the eyes of the of all of the different animals that are in your film, Gunda, and just you can see a consciousness. And science is catching up with us. I just saw a okay. film about whales and how they have culture and they sing and they have language and and we're finding out more and more and more. And your film is for the unscientific minded people, for the artists in us to watch and get the same amount of information about this. Right, absolutely right. Actually, I was talking a lot with scientists before I filmed it. I study a lot and uh, I talked to most important scientists who study animals. It, it helped me a lot. It, it, is, it is really, it, uh, especially I also I also talk with scientists who study language of animals and language of whales and it's actually I actually know much more about it but as Dostoevsky said I know about Raskolnikov 5,000 pages and that's why I'm able to write 500 pages you will never stop reading so this is kind of uh, you need to know much more much more and then people will feel that this is not everything. There is much more behind. And of course, you are absolutely right that conscious of animals, their personalities, their feelings, their emotions, their, 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 their cognitive complicity of, of their behavior, it's, uh, it's really amazing. Especially, we, we love dogs, for example, but dogs are only number eight in animal ranking of intelligence. And pigs are number two. Pigs yeah. are more intelligent whale. Pigs are more intelligent than, than dolphin. Pigs are more intelligent horse and crow. And only chimpanzee, uh, we, we consider more intelligent pigs 
because chimpanzee it's easy to measure intelligence. Right. Chimpanzee uh, communicate with us easily, but maybe crocodile is more intelligent than anyone, but we don't know how to measure his brain. Right. Well, it's it's a matter of us finding out. We know that they have a consciousness. We understand that they have ways of communicating and working together and in community. So there are things that we're now we're beginning to understand their language in, in so many different ways that we were unable to before. You know about language. Do you know when 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 scientists find out that not planet, not sun is not 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 sun is moving about. about our planet, but planet, our planet, moving around uh, the sun. And when people also, when people found that our planet has a round uh, sphere, but instead of flat, scientists were punished, right? Scientists were killed even. And it took us hundreds, hundred years before we believed them. Same story happening right away and right now. There are scientists who already transcript, translated animals language but they said to me we already prove it but it will it will take hundred years before people will believe us this is why i did not include the study in my film because they said to me people will not believe you people will say you are fun you are idealist people will say you are john lennon who think imagine that is the same you know they say yeah yes i'm dreamer but i'm not the only one the animals have personality, each of them, and we have to face it. There are so many scenes in Gunda that I just love. One of my favorite is the cows coming out of the barn and they're bounding. They're not walking, dancing. they're bounding. They're dancing, they're dancing. They're dancing they're... as they come exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Thank you very much for this, because this is, this is beautiful. Because look, and what is the next shot? They smell grass instead of eating it. They just enjoying the smell of it. They just breathing, breathing smell of the leaves on the tree. You know, this is mama mia happiness, right? It will be same as we experience freedom, right? We will not run away to, to buy vodka in the shop after if we were in prison all our life, right? We will look around, we look to the sky as chicken. They, they came after from their prison. They, first time and they saw sky and they did not believe what is this they never touched grass before right and they they, they look around they didn't see birds before they never saw anything before and they experienced with full amazed faces you know the chicken with which normally we consider like stupid stupid bird right no not at all my leg one leg chicken obviously was thinking before she made steps, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I'm I, as a filmmaker, I want to ask you a, qu a quick question before I have to let you go about the decision to use uh, black and white as a way of telling the story, and also this wonderful soundtrack of the using their language, using their their way of, of communicating with one another, uh, as as the only thing that we really hear in the film. Well, tell us a little bit about that sort of as a, as a filmmaker decision. Yeah, it was decision most difficult decision because first of all, I need to convince uh, producers that it will be no voiceover. <laughs> Second, I need to convince producers that it will be no music even. Third, I need to produce, convince producers it will be black and white. 
<laughs> and so everything is like, what? How people will understand it? How people will... No one, Victor, no one will watch it. Victor, it's going to be total failure. No one will come to watch it. And I said, no, 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 opposite. If you speak loud, if you speak low voice, people have to open eyes. Yes, yeah. yes. If you, if, you, if you don't push, if you don't push, people have opportunity to understand themselves. If you make long shot, people have opportunity to, un- to feel themselves without you telling them what to feel. If you make in black and white, people have unconscious feeling that this is not today. This is probably 100 years ago or 100 years after. This is timeless. This is valuable any time, not only for today important. It's important forever. And also, if it's black and white, you immediately see eyes of animals. You immediately see their personality. And in color, you just see beauty of the uh, of uh, adorable animals, and you suddenly see them differently if you see black and white. Every every their look, every their every their position of their eyes immediately make you see, see their emotions. This yeah. is magic of cinema. Well, it's a beautiful film. It's so it in a, and I've watched it a couple of times, and it gets better. So for if you're if you're hearing the sound of our voices, you want to watch this film and and you will want to watch it more than once. Uh, I, one one last thing, uh, I want to acknowledge some of the people you talked about how hard this was to get financed. Anita Rehoff. Anita Rehoff Larson. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was like brilliant woman who above you know twenty years I was searching in in France in Germany in England in Italy in Russia. No chance. No one believed me. Even I was quite famous. I got hundred prizes. I, I, I mean, no one believed me that this could be the project. Uh-huh. And Anita was a brave girl. This uh-huh. no, no, Norwegian Film Institute as well. And then um, Justin Barnes from New York. She she helped. Uh, and and then Phoenix King Phoenix came. So it's a great great combination of people. Each of them came to to right moment. It's a out. it's the beauty of cinema and it's beauty of artists coming together. The film is called Gunda. We've been talking with the director Victor Kozakowski. Victor, thank you so very much for thank your you time. Thank you very today. much. Stay thank safe. You. Stay safe. Right. Ciao, people. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.